coming up, getting the conversation about COVID out of the way, generating trust through video, and my interview with Amir Basrafshan of Apricot Video Marketing. This is Marketed Not Live, the show that dives deeper into the ideas, philosophies, and strategies of the best marketing minds. Here's your host, Biz Paul. Thank you, Suze. This is how serious we are now. We've got our own voiceover, the wonderful Suze Cooper of Big Tent Media and Vixen Labs. You will hear her lovely voice many times. And in this strange world we're in, it's kind of nice to feel like there's someone else there. Well, welcome back to Marketed Not Live, the official podcast of the Marketed Events family, covering our annual conference, Marketed Live, our new week-long learning event, Marketed Light, and everything in between. Now, on today's show, we've got Amir Bazrafshan of Apricot Video Marketing talking to us about video and all sorts of things, really, including empathy. Um, we talk about uh, persuasion, behaviors, really, really fascinating. So uh, keep listening and uh, you will hear that at the end. Now, for those of you who haven't quite been paying attention, due to the coronavirus, we decided uh, reasonably early on, actually, to postpone Marketed Live from this year to next year. No messing about, no postponing to like a few months time. We just needed the security. It's gone back to September 2021 with the same lineup that we'd had this year. And I'm really pleased actually that all of the speakers agreed to push it back a year. So just let's just forget 2020 and then let's move forward with Marketed Live. However, it did give us an opportunity to think about what else could we do that would be useful to our fantastic community of marketers and business owners. And we came up with not a virtual conference because there's far too many of those, but a week-long learning experience called Marketed Light. And Marketed Light is 10 sessions released over a period of five days, so two a day. And uh, I want you to go and check out marketed.live slash light, L-I-T-E, or marketedlight.com, whichever way you want to get there. And just check out what's going on because we decided to keep this at a low cost for anyone who wants to attend. So it's £60, which includes VAT. So, you know, if you're about registered, you can claim that back, of course. So it's £60 to gain access to a week's worth of training from some of the best experts that you will see um, or know about to do with anything to do with marketing. Um, it's going to be really fascinating, actually, and really insightful. You're going to learn bucket loads all for 60 quid. And if you do want to come to Marketed Live 2021, you can claim the cost of that ticket back off next year's event so it basically becomes cost neutral and if you are one of the amazing people who've already bought a ticket to marketed live you will get free access to marketed light so basically it's a no-brainer you can have two events for the price of one but if you only want to do marketed light happy days come along 60 quid bob's your uncle just go and have a look and get some tickets Now, as much as I'd like to say that this is all my handiwork, it's very much not. You would not be able to listen to this without Captivate, our podcast sponsor. Captivate is the world's only growth-oriented podcast hosting platform. And frankly, it's a pleasure to work with a team who just seem to smash functionality 
out like there's no tomorrow now whether it's iab approved analytics or marketing tools for your podcast it really is ace and uh, it really lets us see whether any of this is actually worth doing it is uh, so you can check them out at captivate.fm go and have a look and if you are thinking of doing a podcast or you do one already it is worth going and seeing what functionality it can bring Now let's talk about what's been happening <laughs> since we last spoke, uh, which was almost 12 months ago, in fact. What a time, what a time to be alive. Um, if I look back to September 2019, as it was, uh, where we were all together hugging each other in person at Marketed Live at Nottingham Contemporary, uh, you just would not have imagined that the same time a year later we would all be not hugging and be separated. And I think I want to just get the COVID conversation out of the way uh, so that we can talk about it and then and then move on. And I'm not going to to go into it in a huge in huge detail, but I think it's important to acknowledge how big this actually is and the impact that it's that it's had on businesses and marketing in general. The things that I've experienced as someone who runs an event and someone who runs a marketing business is a big old roller coaster, and I'm sure it's been the same for you but of course the strange thing with this whole crisis is that it's not just about business it's not just a recession is it it's about human health it's about family it's about politics it's it's everything but it has completely changed the way that we live the way that we work and the way that we perform marketing as well you know you only have to look at how the uh, eye dents on the BBC before the news or whatever goes from a group of dog walkers uh, by the time bridge to random pictures of cups of tea. You know, the, the visual separation of society is, is ever present. When ITV do their eye dents, they've ditched the group of people altogether after some time just putting it on and saying, oh, this was filmed in February before the coronavirus. It's 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 changed the way that we approach things. It's changed the way that we uh, create video. It's changed the way that we put images on our blogs. We think more about what that is saying to to audiences. And of course, the other thing is that within our industry, lots of people have been made redundant or have been furloughed, and who knows whether or not it's going to come back the way that it was. What we do know is that marketing is always changing and more than many industries those of us who are in marketing understand change and understand how to adapt to things and I know that as an industry we can do that because guess what people are still buying things and people do need to sell their products and services and marketing is not going away. Now one of the ways in which we market these days more than ever I suppose is using video and that is the main topic of my conversation with Amir and when we were having the conversation which you'll hear very shortly it really did make me think about well well, what is what is video and how are we using video in our marketing today in this new crazy world because of course do you know what video is 
probably more important because we're all sat in a room using our webcams, talking to colleagues on video. That's video. It'd be really interesting to know whether or not you feel more confident using video since lockdown, since all these Zoom calls and team calls and webinars that you've been on. Do you feel more confident actually sat in front of a camera talking? Because I certainly know from talking to many businesses before that the confidence to get on camera just wasn't there. What's your experience as a marketer? What is your experience of working with clients? Are they more willing to get in front of camera? I think it's a good thing because, of course, we already know that getting in front of camera is going to be, uh, you know, it's important for things like social media algorithms where they prefer video. We know that people consume video more easily than than reading. Um, we know that uh you know, you can get uh, emotion across more readily in, in video than perhaps you can sometimes using using words. Now, actually, what's interesting about what I've just said is, of course, in this time, let's just refer to it as this time, in this time, we are, I think, looking for more connection. We need to feel like we're replacing the human interaction with, with something akin to it at the very least. And video, I think, does give us something like that. Now, there's some good use of videos, I think, uh, that, that I see around. As I said, I think it's very interesting that commercials and idents and things like that have gone down that road. The, the sort of selfie video or, or uh, well, we've seen some big brands and big marketing campaigns using the concept of selfie video where people are just there with their camera because that's, that's what life is now. One of the things that's really important about video is putting the right video in front of the right person. How do you know that the video that you're going to create will resonate with the audience that are going to watch it? And we can come back to thinking about customer personas and avatars and things like that. But how do you express a problem that's going to connect with somebody? How do you, how do you show empathy? We're going to have that discussion with Amir later, but uh, empathy is a really hot topic for me right now. I think because we sort of feel, don't we, like we need to show empathy with people. We need to show that we care right now. If we're trying to market something and we're going to use video, how, how do we do that? Do we put ourselves in that situation? Do we create a scene? that shows this is the situation and you you will recognize this situation. That's how a lot of traditional TV advertising seems to have been done. Look at like Christmas adverts, you know, it's the same thing, isn't it? Uh, shopping adverts, people bringing in the shopping, uh, cooking dinner together. Is that what it's about? Is that is Is that what we want? Do we want connection with the situation? What if we don't connect? Because everyone's life is different. Are we just going to give a, the broadest video or are we going to create more personalized video? I wonder whether it's the latter. I wonder whether in this time we're going to understand that our ability to create more personalized video, more videos on an individual basis is going to bring that connection deeper. Now you will know that I love Bonjoro, so much so that's them to be a partner 
of Marketed Live, and they are, do go and check them out. But the thing that I love about the concept of Bonjoro, and let's face it, they're not the only personalized video tool on the market, but what I like about this idea of sending personalized video is that it really does allow that one-to-one connection between the person creating video and the recipient. And that's because I guess you're tailoring it to that individual. Now we know from our own statistics, the impact that something like that has positively. And if you bought a ticket for Marketed Live, then you'd have had a video from me. And when we uh, when we had to postpone Marketed Live, then I sent out individual videos to everyone who'd bought a ticket. Well, actually, actually, I will admit, actually, it wasn't an individual video. It was the same, <laughs> it was the same video um, sent several times, but that was because I couldn't really record all of those videos. Well, I suppose I could, but it's a crazy time. I didn't really have the time. Anyway, I tried to make it as personal to uh, those people as, as possible. And it was about a specific issue. So I think the connection was was there. But that sort of personalization really does create some trust. So I do wonder whether we're going to move away from generic content for video into this more personalized space. It'll be interesting to see what happens with video and how that differs now from what it was and where that's going in the future. Well, why don't we find out? Because let's have our interview with Amir Bazrafshan of Apricot Video Marketing. Now, each episode of the podcast, we bring to you people who, well, frankly, have something a bit more interesting to say about marketing than what I talk about. So uh, I'm not going to give you any platitudes about guests. I'm literally going to ask them to speak for themselves. So I just want to welcome to the show Amir Basrafshan. Hello. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me, first of all. You're very welcome. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. Um You've been to uh, Marketed Live uh, several mm-hmm. times before, so you know yeah. um, all about what we're we're into and how we like to um, maybe challenge people's thinking and and uh, get ideas from people. And that's really why I've asked you in today. I think you've you've always shown me when I've spoken to you or looked at what you do to be someone who has lots of ideas. Is that a fair analysis? Um. Yeah, I, th- I guess so. Ideas, can you kind of specify that a bit more? So I, what what do you think my ideas are in relation to? Well, I think you're always uh, very willing to put forward some things that you're thinking about or ideas mm. that you're having or theories and things like that. And that's that's what yeah. I like. I like people who challenge things or, or you know, you're not somebody who just... Uh, has a blueprint or or a program or something like that. Mm. So tell us, Amir, a bit about you, what you do, and uh, maybe even how you got into the marketing world. Yeah, so my, my kind of, I, I started in marketing about 18 years ago, uh, working uh, direct marketing. Um, and I managed about 250 different products and had to create uh, marketing assets, you know, for direct marketing campaigns. Um, and then my mar- my marketing career sort of um, was diluted a little bit because I got into the film film industry um, and into film distribution, and worked as um, head of production and head of marketing for a, a small distribution company, um, and I did that for about four or five years. And then after that, I started Apricot, my agency, which sort of brings us to today because I've been doing that for about eight or nine years now. So that's sort of. 
from my you know very first days in uh, in marketing to uh, to now in about thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> good good summary. Um, so what's tell us about your current thinking or things that you're seeing or trends or, or something like that you know in the video marketing world we hear a lot about marketing so mm -hmm. we hear a lot about video marketing in particular mm -hmm. and the importance mm -hmm. of that and you know everyone's on linkedin doing a video or, or going mm -hmm. uh live on facebook or having a youtube channel um yeah. why is video such an important and powerful medium well i think i'd probably qualify that by saying it's only important and powerful when it's deployed in the right way um, so just just picking up, you know, your phone or a camera and making some content isn't really going to help you much. So it has to be the right content put in front of the right people for the right reasons. And when you do that with video, it can be a very powerful medium. A, because, you know, if you're talking to camera, your personality can come across, you can sort of build rapport with your audience at scale, which is a very useful thing to be able to do. Um, and also using um, like visual language in things like, for example, explainer videos. What you can do is help to convey like complicated ideas and have them be understood almost immediately because, you know, we all share a visual language or things that we just understand. So I think that if you can, uh, if you design your videos carefully, it can be a very efficient way of kind of getting a message across and helping people to understand the value that you can bring. So is that about partly um, persuasion and um, helping people remove some of the barriers that they might put up themselves to get them from, say, point A to point B, which might be the point of purchase, but might be something else? Yeah. So I guess like in terms of like barriers, what, what kind of barriers do you, do you mean your self-imposed ones or do you think, is it, is it more not understanding what, what, what's being on offered? Well, I suppose in an explainer video, you're going to explain how something works, maybe, or, or a mm -hmm. product or a service. Fine. That's quite straightforward. Mm -hmm. But the reason that you're creating that explainer video is to sell it, is to sell the thing or to sell the service or convince them to do something, right? Yeah, exactly. So it might not be to, to make a sale immediately, depending on where in the funnel they see this video, right? But yes, absolutely. At some point, you know... <laughs> that piece of that marketing asset, it's been created so that one day you will be the preferred, you know, uh, supplier for this, for this thing. Okay. Um, you, you talk on your website about behavioral economics. Mm -hmm. uh, what is that? So behavioral economics is effectively a, uh, I suppose, a sub, a sub area of behavioral sciences. And what it does, it gives an insight into, um, how we decide and the things that really um, go into determining why people do what they do. So, for example, you might think that we use uh, logic and reason to make the majority of our decisions. We actually don't. We're actually quite irrational. Um, and for the majority of the time, um, we use what's known as you know, quick thinking in terms of, you know, to coin, not to coin, but to kind of paraphrase what uh, Daniel Kahneman says in his book, Thinking Fast and Slow. And quick thinking is effectively um, automatic where we use heuristics and biases, which are effectively mental shortcuts for, you know, for, for, for getting from A to B, for making decisions in our mind. So behavioral economics provides an understanding of those heuristics and biases 
and also you know how they can be utilized obviously in ethical ways to um to turn people on to kind of what it is that you're you're doing and selling well bias is a word that's very hot at the moment in terms of what that means are we talking about the same kind of bias here so i mean when i'm thinking about that i'm thinking about unconscious bias or mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. you know if we were looking at specific examples in terms of race for example but mm-hmm. it could be other things are we talking about the same type of bias there is that what we mean it's probably the same dynamic but the the application you know perhaps doesn't extend that far within behavioral economics you know you'd be looking at uh, you know cognitive biases like confirmation bias for example which maybe you know, maybe it does extend that far um confirmation bias is when you know we've already made a decision and then when we're faced with new um new information we sort of construe it to already back up what we already believe so can you give me an example of that so um yeah okay so we could use the example of um let me think so okay this is just from the top of my head let's say you've got a um a woman that's had a bad time in life with uh, with with guys she's had a string of uh, bad relationships and it means that her beliefs now are that uh, you know guys are, are bad news so it's plausible then if she has that belief if a, a, you know a well-meaning guy opens a door for her she could construe that as the guy thinking that she's not able to open the door or that you know she doesn't need a guy to open the door because she's an independent person whereas somebody that perhaps hasn't had her experience and doesn't have that core belief they'd construe that same action in a different a different way that's really interesting because i'm reading a book at the moment called the courage to be disliked yes i've read that it's have, really have you read it okay yeah, 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 yeah. right so and right at the beginning of that book it talks very much about how uh, actions can back up your preconceived um, feeling of, of, mm-hmm. of how you of how you are. So it's, it seems fairly similar to to that. So when we when we're looking at that as a marketing person and we're looking to persuade, mm-hmm. um, is is video a particularly good channel or a good a good mechanism to to help with that persuasion? Yeah, like I said, it can be if it's if it's kind of, if it's well if it's well thought out and done. I mean, sometimes, you know, I run a video agency, but not to to kind of put the medium that I tend to work within down. Sometimes just a still image will will be good, you know. Or sometimes it will be a sentence. I mean, it, it's it's highly contextual, but what I will say is a potential is 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 there to be a very powerful and persuasive medium. So, what sorts of things then, in terms of content, if if it's a video or even if it's an image, what sort of things might we be looking at to to help persuade or to to convey that feeling, whatever it is that you want to convey yeah. to the audience? Well, again, it's going to be highly contextual as to what the brand is, who are the who the who the audience is. Um, but the kind of uh, so let's get down to you know some truths or pr- principles. And I, I think what we have to be doing in good quality video is making sure that the message is aligned with our audience so that we've got a very clearly defined market and we've got a very clear message because of the research that we've done and diagnosis that we've done, we know is going to uh, resonate with, with them. Because ideally, you know, what we'd like to do, especially if people are involved in the video, is to create something that people can relate 
relate to um, because then that makes people more engaged it makes people feel more understood and it starts to create that relationship um, and, and trust fundamentally which obviously we need if we were looking to one day make a sale so are we talking about empathy there slightly well you need empathy to understand your um, your market so to really understand who it is that you're um, that you're serving with your with your marketing um, if you don't have empathy uh, or don't use empathy um, you know it is a lot of guesswork in in many ways or just using you know pretty boring and lazy things like demographics which aren't always the best way to go about it if you want to create a very um, targeted uh, targeted message and okay so so how it, i've got this idea in terms of um what we're talking about in terms of empathy and what what, what you're saying there and it's interesting mm-hmm. because um I, i've started to think that empathy might be a bit contentious um in okay. terms of mm-hmm. whether or not um, a marketing person in particular mm-hmm. or, or, a, or a brand can really, ha- you know, how much empathy can they have with the target market and, and what are the, um, what are the boundaries that, that help them decide that they are, um, that they are really thinking properly about their, their target audience. And I, I'll give you an example. So mm-hmm. somebody who starts a business because they experience the problem themselves and completely mm-hmm. understand um what the challenge was and they've resolved mm-hmm. the, the the issue so maybe mm-hmm. for example they are um a single parent on a low income mm-hmm. and they've got a problem with um i don't know a, a particular type of i don't know uh, getting the, the kids uh, their dinner or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and they come up with a solution to that something that helps um them save time and gives the kids exactly what they want to eat Mm-hmm. Um, they've gone through that experience mm-hmm. and they can therefore articulate from a first-person perspective what that experience is like. But I do wonder how far a marketing person mm-hmm. could do the same if they've not had that experience. Yeah, so it's, it's it, you know, when we empathise, what we, what we effectively want to do is understand the world through the eyes of our customer, right? That's the reason why we do it. So we can figure out um, our, uh, our prospects' worldviews on their situation. So we're better placed then to either create something that's going to help them or create messaging that's going to resonate with them uh, and turn them on to you know, what, we have to, what we have to offer. I don't think we have to have lived everything that our customer has been through to understand them. Um, you know, let's kind of go away from marketing f- f- for a moment. Um, if, you know, you've not had anybody in your life pass away, but someone close to you loses somebody they love, um, you don't necessarily have to have been through what they've been through to get an insight into what it's like. I'm not saying that you absolutely feel the same things that they feel, but you can understand that. And you, if you're, if you show that that compassion, you can see the world through their eyes and you're better able then to support them. So going back to to marketing, um, I think that the scope is absolutely there so long as the people doing this research actually cares enough to to empathise and to see the world through the eyes of um, the people that they're looking to serve. Have you ever read, because I do like books, um, Mm. have you ever read Against Empathy? 
by Paul Bloom. No, I haven't actually. Okay, that that's that's quite an interesting book because that talks a lot about um, whether empathy is important or whether. Um, and I'm just thinking about what you said about not having to have lived the experience to be able to empathize. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks in this book about how it's not empathy, it's compassion. Um, and uh, that the compassion is as valuable as, as, as empathy. And I just, I just wondered whether you'd read the book really, because it's quite an interesting um, read as a, as a mm. challenge to, mm-hmm. to what we mean by, by empathy. There's a, there's a, another, um, study a bit of research by the team at reach solutions mm-hmm. called the empathy delusion have you read that no i haven't no, right no. that's we're going to put these in the show notes okay, that's yeah. that's also worth um a look because that's specifically focused on marketers really and um mm. well it didn't quite it, it sort of spoke more about um it used the example of, of cultural cross-reference so for example um in this in this study uh it, it transpired that that uh on the Brexit argument, those who voted uh, Brexit were more likely to accept their child having a partner of someone of the opposite view, whereas those who were quotes unquote more liberal mm-hmm. um, really struggled <laughs> to accept someone from the other side of the argument. And there was this mm-hmm. idea about whether marketing people really are capable of, of, of empathy. Yeah. Um, so that's that's why I'm thinking about whether or not you know how far do we have to go to to live it versus versus see it. Well, uh, it depends. Let me give you a quick example of something you know that because obviously I, I I do believe that empathy is an important part of marketing. I don't I don't think it's a, a buzzword. I think it's just a, a fundamental part of good marketing. So I'm building a a course a marketing course at the minute, and it's really aimed at you know non marketers I suppose and helping them to to do better marketing. So my brother is a music therapist and he's just he's launching an app that relates to kind of what he does and he doesn't have any idea about um how to to market this thing so what i've what i've done because i'm building this course with him in mind and at every stage i'm thinking am i putting this in a way that my brother would would understand and would be meaningful to him and what i've done is obviously talk to him about his problems talk to him about you know, how certain things feel when he tries things and they don't work out, for example. So then I've pretty much built up a picture of what it's like for him to to market this app when he doesn't know anything about marketing. And what that does, it enables me to um, almost use, use that as a litmus test to say, you know, would my brother, would this be meaningful to my brother? Would this be helpful to my brother? And I wouldn't say that I've used compassion there um, I, I do think that I've, you know, through different questions and listening and sort of reading between the lines at times, really built up a picture of what it is like to look through that situation through his eyes. Um, and I would call that empathy. Okay. Uh, so if we are thinking about uh, wanting to use more more video in marketing, mm-hmm. um, I guess from what you're saying, we're, we're thinking about stories, storytelling, um, set you know background or or, or or setting the scene as to what the story is, is is telling have you have you got any sort of tips for for people to be thinking about the types of video that they can be producing um 
Yeah, well, uh, first of all, I think when you're when you're making decisions about what kind of videos to use, you need, you sort of need to start with a diagnosis and looking at what it is you want to achieve. First of all, um, if you know, maybe it's going to be something that you look at your you know your marketing funnel and think, okay, so where where would you know an explainer work? Where would a video case study work? Do, does this need to be a brand video? You're sort of looking, you know, you diagnose a situation first before you make tactical decisions because a type of video is just a tactic and before you choose a tactic you know you need to diagnose you need to form a strategy um, before you can before you can get there um, so I'd encourage people to to take a step back look at it look at what it is that they're trying to achieve overall if it's a campaign or if it's a part of you know a marketing plan over a period of time and diagnose um, where perhaps in the funnel you know they might need that um, that support, um, and it, it might be you know that a video isn't necessary. It might be that they need a bunch of videos, <laughs> but until until you've done that groundwork, um, you know, so you can figure out what the video is for, um, it's not worth doing because if you don't know what the video is for, you're not going to know if it's worked or not. What do you, um, in terms of strategy, I'm thinking, what what sort of are the things that you see people make the biggest mistakes on? Yeah, but it's by not having a strategy, basically. It's in um, just creating videos just for the sake of it, thinking, right, okay, I'm just going to create a video on this without thinking about what it yeah, does. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to sort, of, um, to sort of put people down by saying, you know, they do it for the sake of it. Obviously, they have their reasons, which they believe are good reasons, but they're not based what I've experienced over the last, you know, nine years of running this agency, not based on a strategy. And I think that's partly because a lot of people um, don't understand what a strategy is or where, where it fits into their, to their work. And the term strategy gets mixed up with goal or tactics or channels. And I think it's a bit of a mess, <laughs> really. And, um, you know, what, what I do when I sit down with people is try to unpick that and just bring some structure and order so that we can um, get a strategy in place. Um, and then from that strategy, de- devise tactics that are aligned with that, which you know a strategy should be only created in relation to a specific goal. So therefore, when you create tactics, you know tactical content that's on strategy, it's actually helping you to meet a goal. There's a lot more value there. You talk a lot in your um, content that you create on social mm. about people that inspire you. Um, we like a bit of inspiration here. We've got a top 30 <laughs> list that we created at, at the beginning. And, and I think that many of those people that you talk about might might be on there. So mm. I just uh, wanted to know, um, who are your top people for inspiring you and, and how you think uh, for, for you know for the marketing landscape so the two that spring to mind immediately um, are Seth Godin and Mark Ritson I've learned a phenomenal amount from them I'm actually looking at an exercise book that I've got full of notes from Mark Ritson talks <laughs> um, and yeah those two uh, I think are brilliant um, I like Rory Sutherland um, stuff um, as well and you know people like Dan Kennedy and uh, David Ogilvy, um, who um, uh, just yeah, 
heavyweights as far as I'm concerned in terms of marketing. And but okay, so why why them? Because um, you know we could. I mean, look, Seth Godin was our number one. Uh, he would be very much right up there for me as well mm. actually mark ritson i yeah i'm i'm okay with uh, he's not my, my my favorite i don't yeah. go out seeking a lot of what what he does mm -hmm. there'll mm -hmm. be plenty of people who listen to this podcast mm -hmm. who might not even know who he is right. uh, but he's british so like yeah. why is why is he relevant why do you why do you like him i like mark ritson um because he cuts through so much rubbish mm -hmm. and peripheral crap, basically. I'm sorry if I can't say that word, but... Um, you yeah, totally can. Way. Okay. He, he, cuts <laughs> he cuts straight through all of that rubbish and gets right to the point. And he's a very, very smart guy with some fantastic experience working with massive brands. And he's able to distill his knowledge into... Um, very clear um, ideas expresses through his his writing, um, and he talks a lot about you know brand um, and about strategy, um, and he, you know he's very opinionated, um, and he talks you know a lot about truths, about principles and truths that um, people I think people tend not to focus too much on principles these days, and you know. I think he uses the term, you know, over tactification, which I think is very true. You know, we rush to, to, to channels and tactics before we've even figured out why we want to be doing that or even if our market's on there. So I think he's a very sane voice. There's another guy actually called Jerry Dakin, who I follow on, yes. uh, on Twitter. Yes, yeah. I like him. He's a really, uh, a really smart guy and talks a lot about social uh, and again, um, pulls back a lot of the rubbish <laughs> that's you know misinformation uh, about social how to do social well he's a big advocate of paid social um so yeah he's um again a very clear thinker very smart guy very generous with his knowledge as well yes i i, I agree i mean he talks a bit about eurovision too much but uh <laughs> you know we'll, we'll forgive him for for that but i mean it's interesting what he's saying about um paid social because mm -hmm. in a way i think it disenfranchises quite a number of of people in the marketing sphere, um, and I do wonder whether it's it's the easy thing to say by saying, "Well, all that matters really is is reach um, versus yeah. engagement," and that engagement doesn't really matter mm. that much, which is essentially what he's saying. It's a very um, high level advertising kind of view. And not, I don't think very relevant to super small businesses that just can't do that. I don't know. I think I think anyone can because um, first of all, you know his, you know his background obviously is with massive brands, right? So that's where his worldview on this com comes from, and he's seen, you know, just endless data to prove what he's saying. He's not just saying it because it's an easy thing. He's saying it because he's literally seen the numbers that, that show this. Um, there's an article that he wrote on LinkedIn that actually does talk about this in relation to very small businesses. I don't know if you've seen it. If not, we can link to it. You know, I can send you the link and we can put it in the show notes. Um, but the truth is that um, engagement can be seen as a very shallow 
thing to measure. It's just very easy to measure. So that's perhaps why we, we can get, um, I'm not saying it's not important at all. I don't think he says it's not important at all, but it's perhaps not the KPI that we want it to be just because it's so easy to, 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 to measure. Um, and budgets scale down to like a fiber. You know, you can literally boost a post uh, and decide exactly who sees that content and it costs you five pounds. I mean, if that's not a great deal, then I don't know what is. <laughs> it is. A, it is a great deal. I, I think the point that he I think the point that he misses is the uh, the positive impact. And I'm not talking about see, this is this is the issue that I have with that particular article mm-hmm. is that it doesn't seem to reflect the reality that in your super micro businesses Mm -hmm. there isn't a marketing person or somebody to justify it to and i think the point that he's making is that yes engagement is a great kpi but it's a lazy kpi and you know anyone can say look at all the engagement that we got and it doesn't translate into sales because the people that are engaging are not necessarily the people that are buying Mm -hmm. however i would challenge that with a you know if you've got a really super small business Mm. um you've got some really good loyal engaged super customers that will sustain a business and i think that 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 isn't acknowledged in the piece so i just think that's a yeah, little think, piece that's missing from i don't know i think i think he had the, the the article that i wrote depends how long ago you read it but there's there's bits that are added on where he does talk about small businesses and i think he, he talks a lot about paid social in relation to growth so if you've got um people that are loyal and that are engaging and that can sustain a business that's good, but if you want to grow, you sort of have to expand outside of that. You sphere. do, you do. Yeah, and paid social is sort of a no-brainer way to to do that. And what he says is, if you're going to do that, then you've got to make sure that your content is really good, and you've got to get again. I'll come back to the principle of matching your message to your market very very well. Excellent. Well, I think that is a good way to leave it. Good message to focus on. Tell us a little bit about, um, like, like, let's. If there was one thing that you think marketing people should do right now, whether they're freelancers agency or whether they're the business owner doing their marketing, if there's one thing that they should be doing right now, what is it? Focus on um, market message media alignment okay thank you and um (laughs) tell people where they can actually get hold of you where should they look you up for more of this information from you amir yeah so i publish um content pretty much daily on instagram and my handle is at apricot amir all word apricot as in the fruit and amir as in me my name um and yeah it's it's stuff not necessarily about video uh, but about strategy about storytelling um, about behavioural economics, um, you know, things like that. Great stuff. Thanks ever so much for coming on the podcast today. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you as ever. Um, I look forward to seeing you soon, Amir. Thanks so much for having me, mate. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, that was a really great interview with Amir. Really insightful into an area that I think we all know we need to be doing more of, but it's always nice to hear from people who've got strategic insight into this area as to the things that we should be looking for. We want to get better at all this stuff. That's the whole point of Marketed Live. So um, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Tell me what you think. Uh, Do that, you know, you can reach me at uh, at BizPort on Twitter or at Marketed Live on Twitter or you can Instagram or wherever you like uh, really or you can even email us hey at marketed 
live. That's uh, that's pretty cool. You can email. Wow, radical. Uh, not got a text message number for you yet, though. But here you go. If you've got my number, then feel free to to text me. Okay, right. Well, that concludes our first episode of season three of Marketed Not Live. But please don't tap next just yet because this is the important part where I need to tell you about things, uh, all part of the deal. I bring you a great show. You let me tell you about our events. Now, the whole shebang of Marketed Live is part of our wider mission to remove that awful, tacky, verbose, bollocks marketing techniques that are out there and bring things that are more workable things that are actually going to improve your marketing skills and we really get down to business at our events now unfortunately because of the whole coronavirus thing we're not bringing you marketed live this year we actually took a decision reasonably early actually to postpone to exactly 364 days later to Monday the 20th of September 2021 and all the speakers from 2020 will be there with fresh relevant content we promise to make it even better for making you wait now tickets have been frozen in terms of their price at the early bird pricing 200 pounds half the tickets have already gone uh, don't delay yes you've got an, a year I suppose to buy a ticket but I mean we're thinking that if people can get back to events then all these events are going to be sold out but anyway because we have decided to to cancel um or postpone rather we want to keep your education ticking over so you can now reserve a slot a slot it's not really a slot it's access you can buy access to our week-long online learning uh, event which we're calling marketed light starting on monday the 21st of september 2020 10 sessions covering brand pr video instagram writing speaking um, and of course i will be delivering the results of the annual marketed live survey it's 60 pounds 60 pounds for 10 hours worth of content incredible and as if that wasn't good enough you can claim it back when you buy a ticket to marketed live 2021 if you've already got your ticket to marketed live 2021 you can get access for free you just need to follow the procedure in the email that should have been sent of course we'd love to see you at both events um Marketed Light is looking really good. We've sold lots of tickets and it's going to be really, really cool. So uh, please do tell your mates, do the subscribe thing, um, do all of the, the, the things that you need to do to keep us in your ears. Uh, thank you for listening um, for our first episode. It's great to be back and we will see you next time. The producer on this show is Charlie Thacker. This is a Lightmind Media production for Marketed Live. listening to the marketed not live podcast want to go even deeper then book your ticket to one of our events where you'll learn more about specific ideas strategies and practical ways to improve the results you get from your marketing activity visit marketed.live for what's on and how to book